All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back here to the fifth episode of the Next Car Racing League podcast. Unfortunately, Streamlabs was messing up today. I was unable to add any visuals, and then we tried to get Tennessee's and Nick's um uh, broadcast coming through onto this screen as well, but nothing was cooperating. So unfortunately, you're just gonna have to look at this screen the whole time. But we are joined by Nick or. Yeah, we are joined with Nick and Tennessee. What's going on, guys? How you doing, Ronnie? I can't complain. I just wish Streamlabs would uh, cooperate a little more here today. But hey, I mean, once it gets going, we got a couple of good things in store for you guys in the future. But uh, other than that, I'm doing pretty good today, Ronnie. Um, hope you're doing good as well. Absolutely, and a brand new time and day here for the podcast. It was on Wednesdays with everyone's work schedule. Uh, we had to switch it to Mondays here before the cup race, so we don't have a whole lot of time, guys. So let's jump right into this week's episode with our first topic. We do have two weeks we've got to make up for. We did not have a podcast last week because of the work uh, schedule change. So let's get it started here with the Truck Series race. They did not race at Auto Club, but they did race at Vegas. Let's start it off, Nick. What were your thoughts here in their second race of this early season? Yeah, and with Kyle Busch in that race, um, I thought it was going to be you know Kyle Busch show, but all those KBM trucks were really strong all night. They were up front and you now ended up being Chandler Smith, um, beating out Kyle Busch at the end there. Um, it was a really good race. No, good racing all around. Trucks always have a good race mm -hmm. um, every single week. So not surprising there. Um, <clears throat> I love watching trucks. So, um, yeah, overall, it was a good race. And, no, congrats to Chandler Smith on a, a win. And, no, it was a big win for him early on in the season. I think, you no, know, he'll definitely be, you know, in the playoffs, obviously. But uh, probably, you know, going for a championship. Um this year so there's a uh, you know, there's a few names out there that are you know being pretty consistent the first two races with daytona and vegas so you now we'll see still early see um how it goes the rest of the season and you know we'll uh we'll keep looking at that every single week so we'll see what happens Absolutely. And you mentioned Chandler Smith. Well, the guy finds himself leading the standings right now after these two mm -hmm. races. And he's got some people that are kind of interesting up there with him. He's uh, leading Tanner Gray by five points. Tanner's in second. Then you got Ty Majeski back in third, yeah. 15 points. And then a guy that I really want to point out is someone that I was really kind of upset that he didn't get his cup ride this season but that is matt de benedetto he's currently sixth right now only 29 points behind the leader so he's still up there finding himself up there you got hossiver in seventh uh matt crafton back in ninth that's a little interesting from him and then you got austin wayne self up there in eighth so some surprising guys up there in the top 10 after first the first two races uh tennessee what yeah. are your take on these uh opening races here for the truck series it's been a pretty interesting start for the trucks. Like like Nick hinted at Vegas, I mean, you have Kyle Busch in the field, and most people probably just circled him. Okay, it's another Kyle Busch win. Mm -hmm. and I know he joked about, you know, like in the race, he said John Hunter got the good stuff. But uh, <laughs> I don't know how true that is. But it was pretty crazy to see um, Chandler Smith use the move that Kyle Busch used earlier 
on yeah. him to end up winning the race. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and a lot of people don't talk about it. Like Chandler Smith is really coming on. You look at the last full of uh, the handful of races the truck's done, you know, dating back last year, and this guy's won three of them. So, I mean, he's on a heck of a run right now. And, you know, all of us really kind of pointed John Hunter being KBM's true flagman. Uh, is Chandler Smith starting to steal that title? Uh, we'll have to look the rest of the season. But uh, so far in trucks this year, like uh, y'all have talked about with uh, Matty D and a couple guys, uh, Ta- uh, Tyler Gray, is that his name? Tanner Gray? Tanner Gray. Tanner Gray. Yep. Tanner Gray. Um, uh, yet again, just there's a couple big surprises so far that near the – uh, top of points so it's early we've had a couple of guys have bad luck mm-hmm. um and we've kind of had a couple of you know draft tracks so far but it's been a very interesting starting truck so far it's definitely going to be an interesting season they keep this up absolutely and you know you mentioned about maybe before it was the whole talk of john hunter nemechek having the better equipment and then now chandler smith you got to kind of question that well john hunter finds himself back in 10th right now so not exactly mm-hmm. the start to the season that he was really hoping for, especially last year. I mean, the man was on absolute rails last season. Couldn't get the championship, but the dude just, he was always up there at the front and one of the top ones that you had to fight for that win. Yeah, he's kind of one of those guys that look at having a little bit of bad luck as a late. I mean, just uh, at Vegas, he got wrecked out in the last lap, mm-hmm. and he had been running top five all race long, so... Uh, his time will come. I'm not too worried about John Hunter. Um, he's a guy that I really respect for what he did his career. It takes a, it's a gutsy move to leave Cup and do what he did, go back down to trucks to try to prove himself. Um, I wouldn't be too worried about him just yet. Right, and then the other yeah, oh, go but, ahead, my bad. With, with uh, no John Hunter, like yeah, he he had a really good season last year, and now with with it being just two races, I don't see you no know, him know having a huge slump it's just you know you go to daytona and if you wreck you know you're off to a rough start with the season so um and then vegas no got crashed again so his finishes for the first two races were 24th and 25th and so he's got an average finish of 24 and a half um but his average start is one and a half so Mm. um he definitely has a speed and qualifying and everything and in the race it's just trying to stay up there and not you know get into trouble um with matty d no it it is a little bit surprising but no with him being in cup i wish he got a cup ride no they want to bash bash him and everything Mm -hmm. but um no i think he was a mid-pack driver no, definitely deserving of a cup right over some other people that are in cup now. Hmm. Um, and it's just disappointing that, you no, know, that he, no one wanted him. Um, this is definitely surprising or even a Xfinity team not wanting him. Um, no, but at Daytona, he finished 10th yep. and Las Vegas, he finished sixth. So he has an average finish of eighth right now. And no, his average start is no, Eh, it's all right, but he's having no good finishes. He's no finishing the races, which is no first step and most important. So I think he's as long as he remains consistent, I think he'll be fine. It's just no, he's got to keep it going. And then no time Majeski. No, that's he was always in kind of no rough equipment and or 
decent equipment, but with him being over there, I think, you know, he obviously is showing some speed out of all those trucks um, at Thor Motorsport. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, yeah. You know, uh, going back to Matty D, I mean, he's got back-to-back top 10 finishes here to start out the season. That's something he didn't really get to experience a whole lot in the Cup Series. You know, he had a couple good races here and there. You know, his most famous, obviously, was Bristol back with Levine Family Racing right, right after they announced that he was out of a ride at that at the end of that season. He was able to get up there, and he battled for the win there. Unfortunately, he did not get it done, finished second. But it's good to see him kind of take that step back. I know it wasn't his choice, but to take that step back to the Truck Series, kind of hopefully re uh, rebuild that confidence and work his way back up to the Cup Series. And if he continues to run like this, I'm not saying Hendrick or, you know, a top-tier team may get him a ride, but he may find himself back up out there in the Cup Series with a better team than the Wood Brothers was. You know, I mean, you got Front Row Motorsports. They're not as good as Wood Brothers. They're a step behind them a little. But, I mean, that is a great opportunity to really show what you have built yourself back up into. I mean, look at Michael McDowell. The man is always at the front. I gr Granted, it's restrictor plate racing, but the dude is always up there in the top five. He won the Daytona 500 two years ago, just the right place at the right time. So right. maybe this is probably, in my opinion, the best thing that could happen for him in his career. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. It's a good reset for him. Um, I know, no, there was several times where he had you no know, really good finishes um at bristol and you no know, other tracks and he was always up front at super speedways um you no know, battling for the wins and i always thought you no know, he had a chance to win a super spe speedway and had you no know, put himself in good positions uh the last several years and just never worked out and i think his confidence level no was always a thing it was always the confidence in himself to do it mm -hmm. uh and i think this is a good reset um to go down to a lower series and hopefully you know get an xfinity ride next year with a good team now maybe with gibbs or something because i know he has run a race for gibbs i think a few years back um and no, we'll we'll see. I hope he, you know, succeeds in truck and is a championship contender. Uh, I think he, you know, is really deserving of it. Absolutely. Yeah, like Matty D is a guy that a lot of people are already starting to write him off. Like mm -hmm. you know, oh, his career's over. A lot of people tend to forget the dude's only thirty years old, right. and we see guys in NASCAR drive well into their forties. So I know this team's a somewhat newer team. It's a little, it's a smaller truck team. But the fact that so far he's showing good speed and running, honestly, better than I really expected for that team so far, um, I think that's a pretty good sight for the future. If Matty D can keep it up, if he can, you know, find a way to make the truck playoffs, and he doesn't necessarily, I don't even think Matty D has to technically win this year. That'd be big for that team. But if he can run consistent and show that he still has the skills, I wouldn't write Maddie's career off just yet, by no means. No, absolutely not. I mean, he's faced adversity basically his entire career. You know, he never had that quote-unquote 
safe ride, really, until he got to Wood Brothers. I mean, he was always with underfunded teams. Levine Family Racing. Um, what are some of the other teams? Wasn't he with BK for a little bit, too? He was with BK. Yep. He raced for, uh, was it, uh, I'll live fast. Uh, what was the 32? Yeah, live fast. No, he did. Live was fast. it live fast? Yeah, yeah. He, okay. He, he was in the seven car, too. Um, yeah, for, for Spire. Tom yeah, he raced at some, you're right. Um, no, no, not even Spire. It was Tommy Baldwin. Oh, yeah, it was, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was smaller. So the so, dude knows that, you know, nothing is given in this sport. Nothing's a guarantee. So, yeah, I think this is a huge opportunity for him to really kind of showcase, hey, you guys wrote me off in the Cup Series, but my career is not done. Yeah, for sure. But uh, let's move on to the Xfinity Series. Those guys have raced two races uh, since we last did our podcast. Uh, currently right now, Noah Graxon is your points leader there. Ty Gibbs is second. But let's start it off with the race at Auto Club, Nick, with the Xfinity Series. Yeah, that was also a good race. Auto Club produced um, you know, some really good racing. Um, it was Cole Custer's show, though. Mm-hmm. Um, I was... On the fence about it, just because, you know, Custer is good in the Xfinity cars, but that car is a smaller team and, you know, has that partnership with Stuart Haas. Um, but, you know, to be up there running up front the whole race, pretty much, um, was a little bit surprising. Um, he definitely had the speed in the car and was the one to beat all race long. Um, but, yeah, it was a good race. What you got, Ten? Yeah, the uh, like Nick said, Auto Club race for Xfinity was super exciting. You had stuff going all race. Um, you had Anthony Alfredo at the end on new tires, making his way through the field. And really, if it we didn't have that red flag, I think Anthony Alfredo might have won this race. Luckily for the field, that red flag kind of evened the tires out, and get them cool off. But uh, it was super exciting. Like Nick said about Cole Custer, Cole Custer's a guy we could probably sit here and talk about for 30 minutes. Because he's really confusing. The guy can get in an Xfinity car, even if it's a smaller team, and go out and win. But then in Cup, we we get to Cup, and then he runs usually around 20th. Yeah. So really confusing oh. about him. especially And he'll do that even if his teammates are all doing well. Mm-hmm. So little confusing guy. But heck of a race. The guy I want to mention real quick is Trevor Bain. Oh, you bitch. I mean, that's, my, that, <laughs> that's my boy. Uh, Trevor Bain, it was super awesome seeing him back out there. Yet again, just like Matty D, he's only twenty or sorry, thirty-one years old. Mm-hmm. This guy still has plenty of time to come back in the NASCAR and make a somewhat of a career. So the fact he went out there first race, he's uh, ran in years yep. and finishes third, and we even won a stage in this race. Huge props to the guy. I hope he continues getting these opportunities, and we just might see him full time one day in an Xfinity or Cup car. We'll see. Yeah, no, I 100% agree with that. You know, yeah, he did come back and then get a ride with Joe Gibbs, which is obviously one of the top teams in Xfinity. But, yeah, like you said, this was his first race in years due to MS. So it was great to see him back and then to finish third. I mean, that is, that's a very impressive feat there. Uh, I didn't watch the Xfinity race at Auto Club, so that's why I'm not really um, adding a whole lot to this. I'm kind of relying on you guys. But uh, it seemed like a good race. I did watch the highlights a little bit. But, yeah, it just, like you said, Cole Custer is one of those interesting guys that, I mean, 
the team he's driving for right now down in the Xfinity is not a top tier team in that double or the 07. So, and then like you said, he comes up into the cup and he's just consistent consistently mid-pack. Yeah, it makes me worried about him. I'm starting to believe maybe he's another uh, just an all guy. Maybe that's his home in Xfinity. I kind of hope not because, I mean, him and Briscoe were kind of the future at SHR. But we really need to see some improvement here probably by the end of the season, really, to, before we uh, before we can really rely on him on Cup. This is kind of a big year in Cup for him. Oh, yeah, for sure. And someone else that is good. Were you going to say something, Nick? No, you're good. All right, well, so, someone else is having a big year is the guy who won at Vegas this last uh, Saturday. That is Ty Gibbs. Let's move on to the Las Vegas race where Ty Gibbs found himself back in victory lane. Now, something I really want to talk big about with Gibbs, uh, Ty Gibbs is his aggressiveness early on in the race. Mm-hmm. Lap three. He clearly had an extremely fast car. The dude started in the back. On lap three, he had worked his way up into the top 15. Coming out of turn four, you know, made contact with the back of Ryan Sieg. Sieg was unable to save it and went up into the wall. I think Ty Gibbs has a great future ahead of him. But his aggressiveness is going to set him back a little bit. He honestly reminds me of a young Joey Logano. And how aggressive he was when he first joined NASCAR. So where do you guys kind of see Ty Gibbs in his racing etiquette, I guess? Um, I'm not entirely sure. Like every race he's, you know, been aggressive and has one of the best cars on track. Um, I'm not sure if it's just a maturity thing. He's so young Mm -hmm. and I'm sure on those, you know, ARCA or, you know, smaller, you know, late model tracks, like, you got to be aggressive and move people. Um, but, you know, these bigger speedways, like, sometimes it's best just to, you know, wait it out and take your time going up through the field. And right now I just feel like it's a maturity thing. He's young and Probably, no, it's just learning over time. So um, he is, no, without question, no, going to be a star in NASCAR. And he definitely has some growing up to do, mm-hmm. but he has the talent. He can drive the car. Um, and it's just, I think it just comes with time of not, no, knowing what to do in certain situations and whether to push the car or not. Um but, yeah, that's what I think about it. I can agree with that. What you got, Tim? Yeah, uh, Nick pretty much hit it on the head there. He's a guy that just needs to mature a bit. Uh, like you said, on the Ron Sieg thing, I mean, it's very clear that 54 is one of the quickest, if not the quickest, uh, car in Xfinity. Um, you know you're quicker than the 39. You're on lap three. And he really forced the issue there and really ruined Ron Sieg's day. So, he just got to learn stuff from that. Like, I think he had another incident later in the race where I think he caused some, he did something pretty similar and caused somebody to get into the wall. So he's just got to learn that even, even though you're quicker, you, you got to have patience. You can't get these guys mad at you, especially this early in the season. 
Because, um, like Nick said, I mean, he's a future star in NASCAR. I mean, he's he's got the backing and everything. And he's got the talent. So there's no doubt in my mind we're going to see him in Cup one day in a, a Joe Gibbs car. Uh, but before he gets to that point, he's got to learn how to race with more respect for other drivers. And right now, we're not really seeing that. Oh, most definitely not. You know, and yeah, it's gonna it's gonna come with age, I believe. But at the same time, like you said, you don't want to be aggressive this early on in a race and you certainly don't want to be this aggressive this early on in your career because these guys are going to remember this for not just the rest of the season but for many years to come you know so and Joey Logano is a prime example of that like I mentioned earlier the dude has had several run-ins Matt Kenseth um just several Lagon or not yeah good god Chase Elliott so these guys are going to remember this for many years to come and it could potentially take your career on a road that you don't want to become. You're going to become eventually the big rival of these guys on the track. Mm-hmm. For sure. But uh, One thing I do want to mention for Xfinity, though, is I want to give a couple of nods to some guys. Uh, John Hunter Nemechek actually had a really good speed in the Xfinity race, even for the small team in the 26. Uh, he was running near the front. Ryan Ellis for um, Tommy Joe Martin had a top 15 finish for a small team. So, I mean, that's really impressive. Even Kyle Sieg, even though, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the team captain got wrecked out with all that uh, drama. Kyle Sieg's usually a guy not running well. I mean, he brought it home in 16th. So, a couple of nods there. Uh, always respect and love seeing the small teams do really good. The one guy at I'm a little worried about right now is Matt Snyder. We saw him wreck in uh, Daytona, had that bad wreck. And then he's had no speed the rest of the year so far. So, Kind of hoping that 31 gets rolling here throughout the rest of the year. Absolutely. Yeah. Go ahead, Nick. To piggyback on that, um, a couple more things on the Xfinity Series before moving to Cup. Um, Noah Gregson is the points leader right now mm-hmm. in front of Ty Gibbs by mm-hmm. 17 points. Um, Noah is on, on rails right now. Um, he has three top fives and his average finish is 2.3. Um, he's finished third at Daytona, second at auto club and second at Las Vegas. Um, no, that car has definitely got some speed. The whole JRM cars, they all have speed right now. Um, the, even the eight Josh Berry, I'm looking for him to no his second season in, uh, in Xfinity and full time this year. No, he got two wins last year, subbing for, you know, Annette. And, you know, he's run really well. And I'm looking forward to him, you know, being a championship contender this year. Um, his average finish is eighth. He kind of finished 16th at Daytona, but two fourth place finishes at Auto Club in Vegas. So he's very strong as well. Um, no, there's a bunch of guys like Ty Gibbs. No, his average finish is 8.3. And then um, Almendinger has definitely had the speed with, you no know, two poles already this season. He's running really well, average finish of sixth. Um, and he's definitely got speed. And then Allgaier is right there, up there in points too. Just really consistent. Finished fifth, eighth, and fifth. So um, those guys, you no know, JRM has always been strong in Xfinity. They got three 
they got four guys in the top nine in points. And then to uh, Almendinger and Daniel Hemrick for um, college racing. You know, they have fast cars every week, too. So it's uh, one surprise is Anthony Alfredo is eighth in points right now. So that's really good to see. But um, one surprise for me is um, the RCR cars. Mm-hmm. Austin Hill's 10th after two, you know, rough races after Daytona. And then Sheldon Creed just hasn't had speed at all um, to go with the 31 um, that, you know, I think they have a partnership with um, RCR. So it's uh, kind of disappointing for them. Oh, yeah, for sure. And before yeah. we move on to Cup, something that uh, piggyback off the Richard Childress is, the guy just sent a million rounds of ammunition to Ukraine this week. So, you know, yeah. that that is uh, quite impressive because ammo is not cheap. Very respectable. I even saw where he got on the news and talked about it. Like, that's, that's really big. It, anything like that, I know it's not just about, you know, making NASCAR look good or anything, but it, a huge thing for somebody like that to do something. Mm-hmm. Uh, go out of his way and do something like that. Mad props for uh, Childress. That was that's that's pretty freaking awesome. Absolutely. All right, you guys ready to move on to the Cup Series? Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Cup Series. Start us off at Auto Club, Tennessee. What you got? Let's see. Uh, hold on, let me pull up real quick because I gotta get a fresh. Uh, who won that race? Oh, it was freaking Larson. Duh. Mm-hmm. I see. Look, hey, I'm I'm struggling. Uh, that race was really exciting as well. You had, uh, man, Tyler Reddick. I, I don't know if I want to talk about him, but uh, <laughs> h- hell of a race for him. I mean, him and Eric Jones were the class of the field mm-hmm. for really over half of this race. Yeah. Um, it was really crazy to see. And and then the most unfortunate thing happened to Reddick, but um, it was a wild race through and through. I mean, you had the drama with the injured cars at the end with Larson and Chase and somehow some way that five car ends up stealing a win here. It feels like, so it was really exciting though. The runs these guys would get and how many interesting guys we saw in the front. I mean, Austin Dillon stole a second place. Yeah. Daniel Suarez came out of middle of nowhere, almost won this thing. So extremely exciting race. It was a hell of a time. Absolutely. That was one of the best races. I think we have seen at auto club in a very long time. And, I mean, just look at the top five. You got Larson first, Austin Dillon second, Eric Jones third, Suarez fourth, and Logano fifth. I mean, those are three very surprising drivers there, second, third, and fourth. And it was great to see Eric Jones back up there with that number 43, iconic number in the history of NASCAR. A car that has not ran the best in these uh, past couple years, so... Like we mentioned a couple podcasts ago with GMS joining Petty Motorsports, I think this might just be a little bit of a start that leads to a turnaround here for Petty. You know, they haven't had the greatest of seasons for a while. He, you know, finished third here at, excuse me, at Auto Club. He led a couple laps. Vegas, he crashed out. But it was nice to see that 4-3 finally up there. You talked about Richard Childress and Xfinity, Nick. Well, Austin Dillon was able to sneak away with that second-place finish at Auto yep. Club. So it's kind of a tale of two different stories right now for Richard Childress. 
their uh, Cup Series is doing great. You just mentioned Reddick out there leading. Unfortunate events to him. And then in Xfinity, mm. they're struggling. So it's yeah, just yeah. two different spectrums here. They're, yeah, their Cup program um, so far has looked pretty decent. Now, especially now Austin, I think, has gotten some good finishes. And Ty- Tyler, um, I think, has had more speed but hasn't had the finishes. Mm-hmm. Um no, with him getting a flat, that was his race, and um, that just <laughs> really sucks to get a flat in that situation. Um, having a strong car like that all day, rim riding, um, I love the way he drives the car. Um, but no, I I think Tyler is going to be a threat. He's out of the um, out in eighteenth and standings right now, but he. Uh, He's probably right there with Austin Dillon. He should probably be in the top 10 with the car he's had the last couple races, um, not including Daytona. But, um, yeah, right now in standings, I'm – no, we talked about before the season how um, it's going to be an interesting season. Like, we're not sure, you know, how it's going to go, who's going to look strong. And so far, the first two races, no bigger – no track and auto club and you got the super speedway but that's anyone's race and then you have las vegas and that's a cookie cutter track um it's gonna be interesting once we go to short tracks and um probably another month or two to see who's really strong but you see the top 10 this is the top 10 right now kyle larson chevy at hendrick then you have truex jr at gibbs logano Cindric, two Penske drivers, another Toyota driver, and Kyle Busch, Eric Almarola, which I, I would like to talk to, about him, mm-hmm. uh, running sixth right now in points, and his. Let me see real quick. Give me one second. His average finish. He has the best average finish in Cup right now. Um, with 5.6, and he has the, he's the only driver left with um, three top tens. So he has been very consistent in the best SHR car, um, which is crazy. Um, sucks that he's going to be retiring at the end of the season, right. but he's been the strongest one. Um, then in seventh, you have Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, and then ninth, you have Bubba Wallace. Um, and then Austin Dillon, and then Kurt Busch. Brad Keselowski somehow is 12th in points. I don't know how that happened, <laughs> but he is. Um, he seems to be wrecking people or um, getting wrecked himself every week. So um, that's something. And then Ryan Blaney, Chase Briscoe, Eric Jones, and Kevin Harvick is your top 16 in points. So um, there's a huge mix of teams, drivers, in there it's just it seems like every there's no one strong team it's not like kyle larson is pulling away from everyone in points right he's only only six ahead of Truex jr and then nine ahead of logano so it's not no a crazy spread right now but no it's it's a good mix of teams drivers and you see that on track too no, you see Chastain up there running well at Las Vegas, and you're like, holy crap. And 
with a smaller team, like you're not expecting that, but with the new car, no, it's definitely closed the gap. Um, I think on some of these bigger teams, um, and no one's got a huge, um, huge grasp on the car and is gaining any advantage right now. Um, I think they're all pretty even and, you know, you're getting a good mix of everyone up front. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, to kind of go off of what you're talking about with that top 16, a couple of guys that I do want to point out, you know, you mentioned Brad Keselowski, very aggressive to start the season out, uh, caused several incidents at Daytona. And then, you know, we ain't got to talk about it, but he spun out at Vegas, taking out Ryan with him. But uh, some people I do want to mention is you mentioned Eric Amarola. You know, it doesn't get any better than this in your final season. Obviously, you want to go out winning, but like you said, he has got the best average finish over these first three races. So the dude is doing something right, especially sitting sixth. I mean, there is no Storthaus racing car to be found until 14th. So he is definitely way above the rest of those Storthaus drivers. And then you mentioned Harvick back there in 16th. Right now, the last driver to make the playoffs, if the playoffs started today. You know, it's interesting to me because two seasons ago, if I'm not mistaken, the dude won, what was it, nine races, 11 races? Right. Last season, winless. This season, he's kind of struggling in the terms of Kevin Harvick. So, Mm -hmm. how do you guys see him kind of turning his season around here? Yeah, SHR so far has been extremely interesting. Like you said, uh... I mean, Eric Amarola has been like the closer of the team. It feels like that car might not be the quickest off the truck, but every week so far, he's just kind of, you get to the end of the race, you look at the top 10, and look, there he is. It's like, where'd he come from? Mm-hmm. Um, it, the complete opposite for Chase Briscoe. It feels like every week he's usually came out pretty strong. He's qualified really well, then faded back. And on complete opposite spectrum, you then you got Kevin Harvick, who right now is probably their third best car overall. Um, which is really weird to say because Harvick's not really shown me us anything no. this season. So I do think that will change. I mean, I think it's really early to look at points and seeing mm-hmm. a judge. I mean, sure. we talked a little bit before uh, the podcast. I mean, Dan Hamlin's in 30th right now. I mean, he's two <laughs> points ahead of Cody Ware. You've got Christopher Bell, 29th, Justin Haley, 27th. Um, Suarez is 25th there. after some bad. Yeah, Burton's in 32nd. Um <laughs> Tyler Riddick's 18th. He didn't in the playoffs right now due to some bad finishes. Mm-hmm. Um, William Byron's 21st. You've got a lot of big names that have had rough starts uh, that I don't think you could come out yet. It's really early. Uh, just a couple guys had some bad starts. Uh, the one guy I'd probably be most worried about in the field there right now is indeed Kevin Harvick. He's the one guy that just hasn't really had as much speed as I really thought he would so far. No, and I was really, you know, expecting Haas because it seemed like last season Stuart Haas gave up on the season and they were strictly mm-hmm. focusing on this year's next-gen car making sure that they were good to go well something I want to point out here is everything that is happening in Russia well Haas Formula One team they dropped their sponsor Eurocali. they dropped one of their drivers and uh, Nikita Mazepin so my question here is, I know it's a completely different racing series, 
But it's going to be interesting to see if those decisions, because when you drop a sponsor, you're losing a ton of money. So it's going to be interesting to see if Stort Haas Racing can still be competitive while they're trying to change some funds over to cover Formula One. Yeah, that's the one thing that scares me a little bit about Stuart Haas. I mean, you look at their drivers. You know, Chase Briscoe got, uh, I can't think of their name right now, to come on full-time this year. Harvick obviously has a lot of big sponsors like Subway and Bush. Mm-hmm. Um, and and Eric Almarola has, um, what is it? Uh, Smithfield. Smithfield, yeah. thank you. Uh, but Cole Custer doesn't really bring them a whole lot of money. No. A lot of times you'll see his car have just Haas' Haas. tools or whatever, just yeah. a really – I mean, brand. I mean, it's just money coming out of the building itself. So, and now that F1 is also losing its sponsor, it, it's it's worrisome that they're starting to lose money. And I think that could really hurt them. I mean, this, right now, it's like the key moment. I mean, you need that money. Whoever gets the handle of this car first is going to take off this year. And the last thing you don't want right now is not having the money to be able to try to do that. So it's a little worrisome. Um, I wouldn't look in too much, but it is worth noting about Stuart Haas. Absolutely. And then you got to look to next season with Almarola, you know, retiring. You've got to wonder. I know Smithfield released the statement that they have not made a decision on whether they are returning or leaving. They just want to focus on getting Almarola the best finish possible this season. But that's something else you got to keep in the back of your mind is they're potentially losing another big sponsor in the NASCAR side as well next season. Yeah, it's it's not looking too great right now. I mean, I think Chase Briscoe is the only guy they have in their entire field that I could see. Well, besides Harvick, but in, for future, uh, I think he's the only guy that has the ability that could eventually become a championship hopeful mm-hmm. with some development. So you kind of worry. I mean, you look at the people they have lined up. I mean, you've got Ryan Priest uh, looks destined to eventually be in something for Stuart Haas. Uh, Riley Haburst. I mean, he has backing from Monster, but I doubt they follow him to Cup. I mean, they already sponsor uh, Riley Haburst. Is that say right? <laughs> Who? That messed Herb. it up again. Riley Herbs. Herbs. My, my bad. I don't know why I said his last name like that. Leave me alone, okay? Anyways. He literally pronounced every single letter. A in the dude's letter. name and you add an A. But, what the <laughs> hell? Don't. Don't. Whatever, okay? Uh, <laughs> the point being, I don't think he's going to bring a lot of money in. It, you almost look at Haas, and I think there's a good chance that they really go out for a big splash the next year's offseason. Try to bring a guy that brings in a bunch of funds. Um Hopefully they can find the funds this season, but yeah. Gosh, y'all got me sidetracked. My bad, okay? Leave me alone. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's move on to the Vegas race. This was one of the best Vegas races I have seen in several years. Most of the time, Vegas is an absolute snooze fest. But with this next-gen car, these drivers have got to really work to keep that car under control. And we saw a lot of uh, single-car spins, and we've seen a, you know where Brad Kozlowski lost it, took Ryan with him, and we saw a lot of big saves as well. You know, from Larson, where he just about—I don't remember who he was underneath—but he just about took him out. So, one thing I really do like about the next-gen car is these drivers have got to work a lot harder, and it showed a lot there at Vegas. Yeah, no, it, it's good to see. It, 
I know they spoke about it a few times, especially Clint Boyer in the in the booth, um, talking about how it reminds him of the car from like '06 mm-hmm. uh, around there, mm-hmm. um, that era of car. You know, you have to work every single lap. You no, know, I think they did uh, an excellent job on the car so far. We'll see how it does. You no, know, on other track types, but. Um, the fact that it performs so well on a cookie cutter track that are usually just, you know, you turn it off halfway through because it's so boring mm-hmm. and, or you turn it back on with five laps to go. And no, the whole race was exciting. You got cars all over the place, you no know, up top on the bottom middle, and then how it gets through the bumps, um, is interesting. It, it definitely creates some problems for drivers and you know them trying to manhandle the car um, is something that even the drivers wanted to do. So the fact that they are like, Hey, let's put it back into the driver's hands. And we talked about it at the beginning of the season. You no, know, the ones that can handle it the best, you no, know, are going to be up front. Um, you no, know, with, the dirt track experience, you know, you saw Christopher Bell up there um, yesterday, mm-hmm. and he he spun he spun and you no know, had a flat, but then he actually came back and had a decent finish. So um, then you have Kyle Larson up there, which I figured, you no, know, he keep going where he left off last season, and with the new car, he seems to be you no know, getting the hang of it, um, especially just. Hendrick in general, I think every time they go to a new car, they kind of are ahead of the field in that sense. But definitely the car has made uh, it the field closer in general um, with how many different drivers we're seeing. No, you you wouldn't think to see you no know, Eric Jones up front or you see Ross Chastain up front or Tyler Reddick the last couple races up front. Um, you don't usually think of those guys and now you kind of have to think about them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and some drivers you think would be up front aren't up front like Kevin Harvick or Denny Hamlin. Um, those guys have dominated the last you no know, few seasons and you no, know, they're on the outside looking in. So it's you no know, definitely created some interesting racing. Um, the fact that the side draft isn't you no know, as prominent as it used to be, um, you could just see that just looking at different battles all over the track. It's it's night and day. You can definitely tell the difference of how the side draft works and just the runs they're getting. Um, I think it's a really good change um, that NASCAR needed to make. And hopefully it brings back that you know, style of racing we had in the early 2000s. Absolutely. What you got, Tennessee? Yeah, I think a lot of that has to do with the uh, new car. Like like Nick said, you have a lot of guys that we didn't really, I guess, predict that would be running near the front uh, each week. And so far, it seems like with this new car, it's making it a lot more likely one of those mid-pack teams can run up front. I mean, we saw... Uh, I wouldn't consider Richard Childress one of the big teams in NASCAR, but, I mean, Tyler Reddick was by far the quickest uh, driver at uh, Auto Club. I mean, and Eric Jones was P2. 
Um, those are a couple of teams we don't see near the front all that often. Ross Chastain, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna try to be biased too much and talk about him too much, but he had a hell of a run last week or this week at Las Vegas. I mean, guy won a stage and was top five car all race long. Debatable. And so, what do you mean debatable? That was, whatever. Um, <laughs> point being is, uh, you're you're seeing these guys come out, and you're seeing new guys near the front. And I think that's always good for NASCAR as a sport. Um, so hopefully we continue seeing that because it's going to give a lot of teams the chance to get improve their team and get to the point that maybe maybe a couple of these teams at the front top won't be at the top anymore. Maybe we'll see a new mm-hmm. competitor for them in the future. Nope, I absolutely agree with both of you guys. You guys got anything else you want to add about the uh, Cup Series? I do want to say the race as a whole, we didn't really get much into the race. It was, I feel bad for Kyle Busch because um, yes. I do think overall he was the quickest driver. I mean, mm-hmm. yes, my bias wanted a last caution because I don't like Kyle Busch. But the fact that that dude went to a backup car, Joe Gibbs worked as a team to put uh, that backup car together in eight hours uh, overnight. Um, and then he had probably the fastest car of the race um, and should have won this race. Really sucks that uh, he kind of got that one stolen, but I will give a round of applause to Hendrick. That's a hell of a team move. If any of those drivers decide not to do two tires, none of them win. Um, it was a truly team win. You don't see that a whole lot in NASCAR, it seems like. So I do want to give props to Alex Bowman. The man always seems to be stealing these wins, but you got to give credit where credit's due. Uh, congrats to him on winning the race. Got anything, Nick? Yeah, I agree with ten. Um, no, I obviously I think if caution didn't come out, Bush was going to win that race, and it was. They talked about it in the broadcast, and it was just awesome that they turned around a car that had Hamlin's name in the back <laughs> window, um, with nothing on it, no engine, no seat in it, nothing, and they took everything out of that primary and put it in there um wrapped it and got it ready to race the next day um that's just crazy how they can do that um i think with the two tires um no it it sucks that the caution came out and took that one away um but no it's shit can happen at any moment like it caution can come out Anytime anything can happen, and it's just racing. Um, you're always no, and it was a strategy move. Um, and Hendrick's part, no, if you do four tires there, you're gonna no, you're gonna restart no 10th or so, um, back where you were, and you're gonna be in the same position that you were. So, um, to take two there and get in front of everyone, um, it was a gutsy call on their part to take the two and then the fact that they both were side by side pulling away from you no know, the you no know, Kyle Bush and others it was um, crazy to see that and just them side drafting each other just kind of you no know, pulling even but not no one getting away um no it was a great race it was a great ending to the race great entertainment product um and you no know, congrats to Bowman you know, he does luck into some of these, <laughs> some of these wins, but you know, 
you gotta like 10 said you gotta give credit where credit's due and you know great strategy by greg ives on the team and you know they made it work and you now he got the win so you can't take that away from from them absolutely not one last thing i want to point out is we saw it at auto club crews struggling with their pit stops i mean no more than ryan blaney's crew they were absolutely struggling to get and it wasn't just one tire that they were struggling with it started where they were having trouble getting the right front off then it was the left rear and then it went to the right rear and then the left front and it was great to see them finally get that turned around at vegas last week but you know we always talk about how the drivers are having to deal with this change we don't really talk a whole lot about the crew members during the pit stops having to deal with it well that was a prime example there at auto club with blaney's crewman just i don't know if maybe it was a lack of um practice or what the deal was but it showed that hey we get used to these crew members they're used to doing five lug nuts per tire you would think that one lug nut now would be a lot easier and a lot simpler but it just showed just how difficult it still can be to be a tire changer yeah a lot of people forget that this is a team sport i mean it's not just you know the guys being quickly i mean they had to go down pit road and they have a whole team that if they mess up can ruin a driver's day I and mean, when we saw it out club like you said ryan blaney's pit crew did him no favors in that race and even did eric jones's i really think eric jones's pit crew really cost him a chance to win that race because it seemed like every time that car pitted both of them would lose like eight spots on pit road and that's just unacceptable so Having a pick, I mean, we saw it last year. Kyle Larson, even though we all know he was the fastest car last year, he won the championship because of his pick crew. Oh, absolutely. It came out because of his pick crew. So you got to remember how important pick crews are, and a pick crew can truly end your day. And I think we're starting to see it a little bit now is these guys aren't fully adjusted to the new one lug. Because um, even in Xfinity and Truck, I'm, I forget what broadcast they talked about it. I mean, they're still doing five lug nuts. Mm-hmm. And some of these pick crews – I think Joe Gibbs is the only one that isn't doing it. Some of the crews for Cup are still going to the lower series and doing the five lug nuts and then doing the Cup with one. I think Joe Gibbs is the only team that has a complete different crew doing that, and I think that might be messing with some teams. So maybe something to watch out the rest of the season if other teams follow what Joe Gibbs is doing and make the Cup crews only do the one lug nut stops for the team, but... Yeah, we're definitely seeing it early on that it's not just the drivers adjusting. It's still the pit crews. Yeah, I think, um, no, obviously they have practiced this all throughout the offseason. I'm sure, no, it's still fairly new, and they've had three weeks to do these stops now. Um, No, you've seen issues with, no, the gun itself, um, no, tire issues, um, I'm wondering if, what they're going to do to fix some of the tire issues with like flat tires or mm-hmm. oh, if they're going to go back to the old rims or, or what, or good gear making a new tire or what they're going to do. But um, yeah, there's been some issues with the teams, um, you know, having clean stops. And I think it's just the amount of reps that they're doing. I think, no, I think they'll all get it all cleaned up after, you know, probably halfway through the season. They should, you know, with the amount of practice they do, um, 
on these stops at their shops, I think they should be fine. Um, obviously, it's a change of pace. These stops went from 12, 13 seconds to no nine seconds. If you hit it, no, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's just change of pace, and I think uh, they'll figure it out. Um, but yeah, just the tires themselves has, has been a mess in general. Um, no, and then you got Hamlin trying to figure out how to shift again. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, there's definitely some big changes this year and it's not just, you know, team members and pit crews, it's drivers too. It's everyone adjusting to everything. So, um, yeah, we're going to, I think we're going to be seeing issues like that all season long. Absolutely, and let's move on to our final topic here for tonight. That is teammate scuffling. We have seen a ton of aggressive driving between teammates. At Daytona, it was Cindric and Blaney. At Auto Club, it was Larson and Elliott. And I thought for sure at Vegas, we were going to see a third team getting involved there with Bush and Truex. But obviously, the caution came out and kind of ended that uh but, yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on just how teammates seem to be racing each other here to start this season? Well, I mean, it, that's just racing, in my opinion. It's, you're going to have moments where, you know, having teammates is really important, working together and stuff. But once we get to the, down in the, you know, into these races, I mean, you've really got to ride yourself sometimes. And, yeah, it, it's not going really well in, you know, those Monday meetings for a couple teams right now. I mean, I know for a fact Ryan Blaney is still upset about Daytona, and I don't blame him at all. And uh, I'm sure Chase Elliott isn't the complete happiest guy on the track either right now. But it's one of those things that you can't just you can't let it take down your organization. You can't let it ruin what's going on the track. The last thing you want a guy on the track that's supposed to be your closest friend mm-hmm. turn out to be one of your enemies is the worst thing that could happen. So. I'm sure these two teams both have, you know, had a Monday meeting where they had, took those two drivers and sat them down and told them to talk it out. Because uh, I'm not sure either. I mean, I don't think Cindric or uh, Larson truly meant to, you know, quote unquote, ruin the other one's day. Um, I mean, I know Cindric's a little bit different. I mean, that was full on go for the win, but I don't think he was trying to like necessarily tick off, you know, Ron. It, he would have done that to anyone. He was trying to win the race. And say for Larson, I don't think Larson meant to go up and hit Chase. Uh, based on what it sounds like, sounds like the spotter gave it the info late. But I don't think Larson, anybody, it don't matter who it was, would just turn up right and slam somebody in the wall. So mm-hmm. I understand both Chase and Ron are, you know, mad about it. But don't let it uh, linger too much or. It could be costly later in the season. These guys are your friends, and friends are hard to find, so don't lose the friends you do have. What you got, Nick? Yeah, I, th- yeah, I think, um, no, with Cindric and Blaney, no, that's bracing, no, coming down to the wire for the 500. Um, you're going to block like hell, and no, that shit happens. Um, Obviously, no, Blaney was disappointed and angry about that whole situation, which I would be too. Um, with Elliot and Larson, here comes the bias. Yep, no, no. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I think, uh, no, Larson, I, I think you just need clean air 
in that situation, and you're looking to get every position you can. Same with Elliot. He's trying to go around them both and get you know, a two-for-one and trying to pick off both. He had a huge run and tried it. Larson blocked him and didn't work out. I think every position on track um, come playoff time is going to be a huge a huge thing. Um, and I think all these drivers, it doesn't matter whether your teammates or not, I think it's going to be very important. And I think you're seeing everyone drive aggressively around each other uh, this season. No, I think um, it's just product of the racing. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing for the entertainment factor either. So, um, yeah, that's my thought on it. I, I think it's just hard racing at the end of the day. Uh, you're looking to get every spot you can. Racing for wins. All those points at the end of the season, no, they add up. And, no, come playoff time, you're going to need every one of those points. Absolutely. And we're going to end this podcast as we are closing in on the start of the cup race. But uh, we're going to end it with this one last question, just a one-word answer. No explanation on why, but going with Chase Elliott, was that spin at the end of Auto Club intentional? Nick, yes or no? Most likely. (laughs) All right. I can respect that being a Chase fan. Ten? Probably. Yeah, I, I say yes on that 100%. Oh, just look at his hands. Look at yeah, his hands. He, he didn't look like he tried to save it at all. No, no. He, <laughs> that he, just looked he like he cut left and it. let it spin. He went with it. But uh, like we said, we are closing in on the start of the cup race here in 20 minutes. So don't go too far from this channel because we will be right back here with the uh, to bring you guys the cup race. But that is going to do it here for week number five. Or I'm sorry, episode number five, week six of the Next Car Racing League podcast. So I enjoy, you know, hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in. And we will catch you guys on the new time now on Mondays at 7 p- uh, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. But uh, like I said, cup race coming up in 20 minutes. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back to bring that to you. But thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Have a good one, everybody.